the Lloyd's List Shipping Podcast. Welcome to the Lloyd's List Podcast. I'm Richard Mead, editor of Lloyd's List. The impact of the coronavirus has continued to ripple through the shipping industry and the wider global supply chain this week. Oil demand has been pummeled by global measures to halt the spread of the virus, prompting OPEC countries to consider its deepest cut since the 2008 financial crisis. The World Bank and the IMF have both this week set aside emergency funding, while the OECD has warned that the outbreak could more than half global economic growth this year. The maritime industry, meanwhile, has been left to triage daily operations on a shipment-by-shipment basis, as every aspect of the global economy reels from the impact of what is now, to all intents and purposes, a global pandemic. To help make sense of the increasingly complex impact that the coronavirus is having on shipping, we've once again sought a diverse range of industry insight for this week's edition. Ray Lei is Commercial Director at Lambridge Holdings, a Chinese operator of six VLCCs, offers us a first-hand account of how business is being impacted on a daily basis. While Vickers Greywall from Fleet Management in Hong Kong talks us through the reality of crew changeovers, fuel supply problems, and, and how ship managers are trying to navigate the increasing complexities of a coronavirus-constrained global economy. But first, I'm joined by Guy Platten, Secretary General of the International Chamber of Shipping, to discuss the latest advice being issued to the industry after consultation with the World Health Organization and the International Maritime Organization. Welcome back to the podcast, Guy. Nice to be back, Richard. So the ICS has just published new guidance on coronavirus uh, outbreak and, and how crew and owners and operators should be dealing with this. Could you, uh, just for the benefit of the listeners, you may not have seen this, uh, give us the overview in terms of what's what's the core message here? I mean, the core message is actually quite simple core message. It, it's just follow basic hygiene. Um, but what we've done with our, our guidance for, for ship operators, which we, we, we published on the uh, 5th of March, is uh, bringing together all the known advice in one place, really. So we've got that best practical advice for seafarers, for ship's masters and for uh, ship operators. And you can download actually a copy of this guidance at our website, www.ics-shipping.org. So uh, it's there. It's a free to download resource. It's got some uh, posters as well, which can be printed out. But it, it really the, the basic advice is, is you know, uh, hand cleanliness. If you sneeze, sneeze into a disposable hanky and dispose of that. And, and, and it's just general precautions that we can all take on a, on a day-to-day basis and applies equally for seafarers and also for people ashore. Mm. And as you say, I mean, this really consolidates all of the existing advice out there. There's 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 nothing particularly special there. But what we're getting from the reporting uh, over, over the last week is that this is now becoming a much more complex issue as as the uh, situation in China evolves on a global basis. The, the we're seeing uh, more complexity in terms of how shipping is dealing with this. And there seems to be quite a sort of fragmented approach from from port to port and country to country do you think that the industry is is able to deal with this increasing complexity what's what's the general feeling from your members at the moment i think uh, it's an ever-evolving situation i think shipping is resilient i think shipping has uh, certainly the ship operators i've spoken to has the welfare of their crew at the, the foremost of their mind to make sure they have the right advice um, but it, it seems to be a different picture from where you are in the world in terms of ships being sometimes denied entry into port 
uh, and other concerning areas that, that, that we're, we're looking into at the moment. But and that's really part of the purpose for the, for the advice as well, get it all into one place. Mm. And, it, and it's practical, you know, what in coming to port, what about protective measures for seafarers? You know, what equipment should you have on board the ship? What's recommended? And getting it all together. So it's, it's unbiased, it's practical, it's, it's, it's good advice. Mm. and can be trusted and you've been working with the world health organization on this the international maritime organization I and mean, it does seem that the the supranational bodies are pulling together as much as they can but again this is this is getting more complex rather than uh, uh, anything else at the moment and i think what we have a duty to do as industry is just talk about facts talk about the evidence what actually is happening in the real world i think we keep having that message i think that's the most important thing we can do as an industry. Um, it is very interesting. We, we, we can see that the situation in China is actually improving. That's a fact. Um, we see that there's, there's problems elsewhere in the world and we, we, that's an evolving situation. But I think we should all base our actions on facts and the best advice going rather than sort of rumours and, and, and other, other, other things which we see around us. Mm. But that, I mean, that is important that we do base it on facts. But you know, as this spreads internationally, you're in a fairly unique position in that you have that international view from your mm. members. I rather suspect that the response we saw in China is not going to be replicable in other countries, and certainly here in Europe, we're now seeing, uh, you know, a, a more fragmented response from from European countries. Do you think that's an issue? I think we have to wait and see. I think we just have to, you know, I can't predict the future. All I think we can do as a responsible industry is give out the right advice to our to our members um, to keep a close eye on it, to liaise with the authorities. Um, the, the, the great thing about the ICS, of course, is that we're made up of national associations. So we're able to, to reach into to governments at a, at a, on a country level to find out what their preparations and what they're doing. So it's um, I think we just have to stay focused and make sure we have all the available information which we can then give out give out to, to people and mm. um, would it be fair to say that you know you as far as your members are concerned and, and the industry in general as, as as far as you're seeing it is still in that day-to-day um triage situation almost you know we're not really yet in the position where we can start strategically thinking about you know even a month's time you know this is this is a, an immediate day-by-day process i guess still Yes, I, I think it's definitely into that stage. You know, things are changing on a daily basis. We know that things are improving in China. We know that the, the ports are starting to 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 better. I've had some you know reports of that today that uh, that's starting to to improve the situation. Um, but we need you know we need governments to, to 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 consider how they can help us really as much as anything. And that's that's down to us as ICS uh, talking to the international authorities and also the national authorities where, where we where we can. And, just to make sure that our industry is, is at least thought of when they're doing all the preparations. Mm. Do, you, um, do you think the industry has that visibility? I mean, it's, it's one of the constant bugbears you know, on, on other uh, less immediate issues, I guess, that shipping doesn't have the visibility at that level. But given the importance of shipping and its visibility in terms of being affected by this, do you think that this is in some ways an opportunity, yeah. I guess, to get shipping you know, heard in the right places as, as part of the solution, not just part of the problem? Well, we, 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 you know, and that, I think that's exactly happened, actually. I mean, last week I uh, went to some meetings at the WHO and we had some, some good coverage from that afterwards uh, from the BBC and other and Reuters and others as well. So I do think, you know, we have to use these opportunities to highlight how important and how strategic shipping is. Mm. Um, and, you know, we are 
uh, we deliver trade, we, we, we move and ship goods. So in some ways, we're the first affected when things start to stop. So um, I, I just sense that there's a, a little bit more appreciation of what shipping does and what it's about. And we need to obviously need to capitalise on that as well. I mean, it's an unfortunate, really unfortunate set of circumstances that has happened. But nonetheless, I think highlighting the importance of shipping, highlighting the importance of our crews and the, the vital contribution they make. And, you know, I'll, I will use this opportunity to do so. Wonderful. Guy Platten from the International Chamber of Shipping. Thank you very much for joining the Lloyds List podcast. Thank you, Richard. Joining me from Hong Kong is Ray Lay, Commercial Director of Lambridge Holdings Limited. Ray, thank you for joining the podcast. Give us a flavour of how you see the coronavirus impacting your business right now. I think it was very panic in February. You know, we are actually sorting out masks for our group because it was really difficult to get masks in China. Our business in China is very uh, human incentive. Like we have a fleet of people in the port, in the refinery. But that time it's really difficult to get masks. So the group asked us, hey, Lambridge Hong Kong, can you source some masks from overseas market? Then we talked to our mining agencies in Philippines, in India. Then we got some masks for the group. So the, the first half of Feb, actually we were busy sourcing masks for the group. Mm. And that's just the, sort of the practical logistics of, of how you deal with this. But what about the actual sort of business impact in terms of how you are able or not to, to operate right now? Um, we have a new build and joining our fleet next month from Dalian Shipyard. In Feb, we received two letters on the subject of First Major and sent by them. So basically, they explained the situation in Dalian. The government banned all the travelers from uh, cities out of Dalian into, into the city. And the following email covers that all the workers out from Dalian entering to the city should be under quarantine for 14 days. So it definitely affects uh, you know, the yard uh, workload and the capacity. So it will probably have some you know, small impact on the schedule of the vessel. But mm-hmm. I think they control the situation very well and our vessel can be delivered on time. You're not expecting delays to the, to the delivery itself then? Uh, luckily, we've done the sea trial before Chinese New Year, so the outstanding work is very minimal. For us, we are lucky. And this vessel coming out from the yard is scrubber fitted, so we don't need to do any scrubber retrofitting work in the, in the repair yard. Mm. Last year, we did like two uh, scrubber retrofitting projects for our new buildings after these buildings delivered from the new building yard. So we are lucky. Uh, we, we don't have any vessels right in the repair yard now. Otherwise, I think it would be quite a um, headache for us. Because the situation in China, these repair yards, they lack of human power, and it's really difficult to deliver the project on time. And how about the, the, the vessels on, on the water? You've got five VLs on the water. How are you finding yeah. markets, you know, operations at the moment? Is, is, it, is it more difficult getting ships in and out of port? Are you, are you having delays to charters? What, what's the sort of general feeling? Yeah, that, that's a really good question. 
I think the biggest challenge we are facing now is uh, is accruing. I talked to our accruing manager today, and you know, the different countries, different cities have their own travel bans and the regulations in terms of the crew embarking um, this department. And for example, like China, almost all the like major ports in China ban the crew change, and Sometimes it, it creates a big problem for us because we plan crew changing in advance, but now all of a sudden we have to follow these rules and regulations. And these rules and regulations change overnight quickly. So, so before crew changing, we do need to um, um, check the local agent and make sure that crew changing is possible. And for the Chinese nationals, I think if, if, if the whole fleet is, is a Chinese crew, then it will be uh, even more difficult because many countries ban the Chinese crew travel from uh, China to that country. But luckily, we have uh, a mixed crew pool, and we have Filipinos, we have Indian. That really helps us to uh, tackle these problems. And you're describing increasing complexity given the spread of coronavirus, presumably that's only going to get more complicated globally now, as far as you see it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the China situation is more or less um, tightly controlled because the government used a lot of power um, to, to restrict people movement, restrict uh, uh, factory activities. Then now I think the situation here I mean, uh, in Hong Kong and China are more or less controlled. But what worries us is the situation out of China, especially. Can can I repeat that? Because yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's <laughs> fine. <laughs> From where? <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Um, I, th I think what what worries us more about is the situation out of China, and say Italy, in in UK. And, and, and in South Korea, um, our vessel frequently called Korea for discharging. So it, it really uh, creates some problems for us if we want to supply uh, some provisions or we want to send the surveyors. And it's, it's not easy, to be honest. No, precisely. And uh, as, as you say, it does seem that the uh, situation in China is, if not dealt with and is certainly tightly under control. The concern from the wider industry, of course, is that not all countries will be able to respond quite so um, forcefully as, as, as China has in terms of dealing with this. And the danger, of course, is that then we see a longer lag time in terms of the industry's response to this. Outside of China, you mentioned Korea has been significantly hit by coronavirus. Are there any danger zones, any hotspots that you are avoiding right now? Well, I think it's it's always up to our time charterer um, where the cargo um, and should be discharged, and it's more up to you know the voyage because two thirds of our vessels actually time chartered out, and uh, I think if if the situation um, is okay or controllable, then there won't be any issue um, to discharge cargo in South Korea. But but as I said before, it always and up to you know the ongoing situations, and nobody knows what would happen if if the port authority banned the vessel 
calling the port tomorrow or tonight. Wonderful. Uh, Ray Lay, Commercial Director at Lambridge Holdings Limited. Thank you very much for joining the Lois List podcast. Thank you, Richard. Joining me this week is Vickers Graywell. Uh, he's the head of business division at Fleet Management. Welcome to the podcast, Vickers. We've heard a lot uh, over the over the recent weeks in terms of problems with crew changeover, um, operational concerns. But you're at the coal face of this. You 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 are operating, uh, you know, a huge fleet of ships internationally. What what what's been the impact of coronavirus so far that you can uh, tell us about? Hi, Richard. Thank you for inviting me to the podcast. We are managing today around 420 ships in the water. 50 of these ships are manned by full Chinese crew. At any time in a year, we do around 150 ships in, in dry dock. And the main challenges we are facing, operational challenges we are facing, are related to port calls in China, specifically for fitting of scrubbers or for dry dockings, or even for we had planned surveys in, in China. So what's happening is that the people are not traveling between the provinces, so the technicians cannot attend these dry dockings if they are from outside the province. Of course, if it's an expat technician traveling from overseas, he doesn't want to come. This country doesn't allow it. Companies themselves are not allowing their people to travel to China, so Fleet has a policy now to have none of their superintendents without the, in case of, except in case of emergencies, to travel to China and to Korea. Furthermore, we have restricted uh, crew change in now 10 ports because the list keeps on going on. And what all this is impacting is in China, if your superintendent cannot go for dry docks and you can't have these surveyors come in some ports now for auditing and conducting the survey, and then your, your dry dockings, your routine dry dockings and your scrubber fittings are getting delayed. Compounded that IMO 2020 death to get rid of the non-compliant fuel, and, uh, you know, and we have issues where the dry docking has been delayed and earlier we had planned, well, the ship will get out on, on you know, well before the deadline and we'll be able to offland this, this uh, non-compliant fuel. But mm. now the ship has got delayed, the port is not accepting the fuel, and then we have to take you know, dispensation from flag to now do it at the next available opportunity. So those operational issues related to dry con delays, which is, is of course, a dry dock and scrubber delays essentially means commercial loss for the owners. Right? Mm. And of course, IMO uh, compliance issues as well, because you are being non-compliant and taking a dispensation so that those operational challenges we, uh, we see continue to follow. We are trying to compensate these problems by having a new building supervision team assist for dry dock. So as I said, superintendents are not able to travel to China, but we are managing around 10 projects in China across yards from north to south. And with these teams of around five, six people in each of these projects, we have locally in China around 50 to 60, you know, project managers who are expats or local machinery supervisors and so on and so forth. And they are helping us with the dry docks so that at least somebody's attending from us and we can ensure the quality that our customers have come to expect. Mm. So we're mitigating in that way. On the other side, for crew changes, we have a real issue because not 
even Chinese crew, we, we can change in China because the crew are not able to travel freely between provinces. So crew changes are on hold. And what we are doing about that is that the flag states have been reasonable. And as for MLC, you, you, you need to relieve the crew between 11 and 12 months, but they have been kind so far to give a three-month extension. Uh, taking into account this, these issues that are happening. So no crisis point yet about uh, crew change. The crew are happy to extend and they're being understanding. Of course, we have uh, counselors and our China team is in touch with all the Chinese seafarers uh, who are over on their contracts to make sure they're happy and satisfied in whatever way we could help. Mm. So, I mean, this really is a perfect storm of operational issues. And we, we were initially obviously focused on, on Asia and Chinese crew, as you mentioned, has, has been a real concern. But this is now a global issue. And it does seem that the the responses are a little fragmented. And what you're seeing on, on the water is, is an increasingly complex series of regional issues. Do you think uh, that the industry is getting enough unified advice? Do you think there is a need for a sort of a, a more sort of concerted effort from the industry? Well, the industry is getting advice. We are getting uh, circulars from FLAG and uh, also advice from PNI. From the ICS, as you say, we would be getting something today. So there is enough advice available. And there's, I mean, the industry, the industry is facing a fluid situation. The world leaders are facing a fluid situation. So given that, you can't expect much. It's a relatively new issue. Now, let me talk about how fluid the situation is. So we are helping one of our owners, clients, to take over a new vessel. And the sea trial has to be done in, in China, and that can't be done because of that. And they, they are now asking us, uh, for another ship, a second-hand vessel that they are buying off in Sri Lanka. And they usually use only Chinese crew and their Chinese owners. And they say, well, can we use Indians? And we said, yes, we could uh, help you with takeover of this vessel in, in, in uh, Sri Lanka using Indians. And then when this Indian news about, uh, you know, from Delhi and, uh, you know, it's growing problem. So now they suddenly said, well, you know what, why don't we use Myanmar crew? Uh, because uh, it's not reached Myanmar yet. Yeah. So it's 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 slowly the problem is uh, is increasing as you say and it's fluid and when th- the situation is so dynamic how can you expect people to come together and uh, you know accept and giving you how to keep yourself safe and what are the standard operating procedures the ship staff must follow what else could you do so just to let you know at fleet management we have issued a standard operating procedure for our ships and we have supplied them with kits, including masks and gloves and sanitizers, which they keep at the gangway and on the bridge. And we are limiting outside people to come on the ships and uh, only to the ship's office. And we're asking the agents to restrict the number of people who come on board, especially in these 10 countries, in fact. And this this, uh, standard operating procedure has already been updated uh, three times with more countries added to it in just the last two weeks. So it's quite fluid. The precautions everybody is aware of, and uh, you just need to update update the list of countries where you people need to take more and more care. What about the uh, the crew themselves? You know, when this first became an issue, we were hearing about 
examples where crew were left on board and rations were running out. But, you know, is that still an issue uh, on, on some of the ships, do you think? Yes. So we have a policy not to supply stores, spares and provisions in China. And so at the previous port, we because now it's been a while, this policy of not taking provisions to spares has already been in effect for, I think, three or four weeks. So, of course, this was this went out. And by now, the problem is settled because then they stock it up in the previous port. Um, so, yes, this, this problem is now reduced because it, initially it was an issue because the ship was in China and then suddenly it couldn't take fresh produce and it was going on, on a long journey to, say, Australia. So, so yes, it was initially an issue, but now, now it is less so. Of course, you, you do miss on the fresh produce because you can't keep vegetables fresh all the way from Australia to China and back, but at least they stock it up with canned produce and so on and so forth. And, uh, you know, obviously, as you say, this is a very fluid situation, but I mean, how, f- how much further are you looking forward or is this realistically still a day-to-day uh, assessment that you're making in terms of what happens next? So we are making a day-to-day assessment. We, the first thing that we do is all the management team gets up and uh, in the daily meeting that we have in our headquarters in Hong Kong, we go through the list of countries, new cases, the declining trend, increasing trend. And based on that, we decide whether we should add more countries to our list for standard operating procedures to deal with the coronavirus for our ships. As well as for our office, we have business continuity plans that get updated uh, likewise. We uh, we wish you all the best. But uh, for now, Vickers Grewal, Head of Business Development of Fleet Management, thank you very much for joining the Lawyers List podcast. Most welcome.